Welcome to the Bards FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Countdown to the Summer of Rage. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots, and today is Tuesday, May 2nd in the year 2023. The world is heating up, and in particular here in the United States, as we start to see an increase in violence, in particular coming from inner cities and black gangs. That's a fact that we can document. It continues to rise, and the violence there, in particular targeted at individuals that are vulnerable, people that are white, all of these profiles are happening as we see an increased surge in immigration across the border and a collapse of the economy. All of these things are stacking up to make for a summer of rage that we're going to look forward to enduring, if you want to say it that way. Either way, it's going to be a tough one, and we need to have ourselves ready. One thing that's absolutely for sure right now, patriots, is you need to do all you can to keep your financial investments safe. Right now, that war that we're waging in part is to take away our ability to save and save for retirement. That's why we have the folks at Birch Gold. Patriots. President Trump recently issued a warning from his Mar-a-Lago home, quote, our currency is crashing and will soon no longer be the world standard, which will be our greatest defeat, frankly, in 200 years, end quote. There are three reasons the central banks are dumping the U.S. dollar, inflation, deficit spending, and our insurmountable national debt. The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, wars, and economic upheaval dating back to biblical times, gold and you can own it in a tax-sheltered retirement account with the help of Birch Gold. That's right, Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k, maybe from a previous employer, into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. Just text BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, to 989898 for your free info kit. They'll hold your hand through the whole process. The folks at Birch Gold are amazing. Think about this. When currencies fail, gold is a safe haven. How much more time does the dollar have? Protect your savings with gold like I did. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Text BARDS to 989898 to get your free info kit on gold. Again, text BARDS to 989898. This is one of those decisions you will never regret. Do it today. Well, Patriots, right now, the probably the biggest thing facing almost everybody is this regional banking collapse, and it's increasing. What we're dealing with right now is a result of an overdebted society with paper mills running our dollar every single day, printing unlimited money, as the world begins to reject our currency and no longer want any part of our debt. This is going to create quite an issue for us going forward. And where we sit right at this moment is we're in a place where we're literally in an inoperable place for debt in general meaning we don't have the opportunity to function anymore as we did as a normal nation because the debt has become so paralyzing and so big. 
Take a listen to this piece as an overview of the financial situation we're in by Coach JV. He's one that I follow on TikTok regularly, solid analyst. He was a senior banker, and at one point, he really maps out just how much of the situation we're in right now literally has been a setup to control the game by the big bankers and ultimately to force us into this new digital currency, digital economy, while wiping out the middle class. Take a listen. What if it was all a setup from the beginning? In 2008, we had one of the biggest financial collapses in our living history. The first big round of bank bailouts started. Then in 2009, Bitcoin's inception. At the same time, the BRICS countries were created, Brazil, India, Russia, China, and South Africa. So now Bitcoin's inception was created in 2009, follow along. Then we cruised a couple years later in 2012. The Financial Oversight Committee was created, which Gary Gensler was the start of that. 2012, the Obama Rescue Plan was created where they turned the printing machine on full blast. Rosie Rios was told in 2012 to reduce coin and cash usage. They also started the Bank Bail-In Committee for the FDIC in 2012. So there's a massive shift happening in 2012. Obviously from 2009 to 2012, there was some planning going on based on a new monetary system. Now as we sit, Gary Gensler sits on the head of the FDIC. Jay Clayton, who initiated the case against Ripple around XRP being a security, now sits on the board for the FDIC, the board, the committee for bail-ins. Rosie Rio sits on the board for Ripple, and she said she was responsible for reducing coin and cash usage, but couldn't reduce the coin and cash usage because of GDP growth and the money printing. And she said you need a shock to the system. So in 2020, we had a massive shock to the system that reduced coin and cash usage, that reduced the way we move money that also exposed the old archaic banking system. It also exposed the liquidity crisis and the overleveraged banks. And don't forget, JP Morgan was at Jekyll Island creating the Federal Reserve. And don't forget, in 1929, when all these banks started to fail, there was only 8,000 banks part of the Federal Reserve. There were 16,000 outside of it. And the Federal Reserve injected cash into those banks and those big banks went down and monopolized the smaller banks. And now the exact same thing is happening right now. JP Morgan just to took over First Republic. Don't think that this stuff isn't planned out step by step, person by person, move by move. Here's what's gonna happen. We're gonna end up with a monopolization of the smaller banks. They're all moving distributed ledger technology, on-demand liquidity. We're in a massive liquidity crisis. Debt is out of control. They're gonna restructure the debt change the monetary system. They can't operate in this monetary system. It's old code. It's old systems. The middle class is going to get wiped out, leveraged towards technology. Industrial is going to die. We're going to move into technical. And some people have worked their whole lives are going to lose their whole retirement. Patriots, that's the most devastating thing about where we are right now is we're facing a crisis with these bankers. We are really just criminals. It's a bankster class who have been positioning themselves throughout the tiers of government and the banking industry and, and industry as a whole, partnering with tech to come up with a way to cover their tail, knowing that once the realization comes through that they have raped and pillaged the entire system, they have to have a way to cover themselves so that people don't lose their mind. The big part of that is going to be AI. And that's why they're working so diligently, funneling in tons of money into quantum AI and distributed ledger technology. All of these things are designed to completely reshape and re-engineer the way that we live and operate in terms of cash. The idea of exchanging cash that has been fundamental to the way of our life, all of our lives and for generations, is now being stripped from us to where now it will be controlled 
by a digital app, which they have full access to and can dictate how and when we can spend our money or if we can spend it at all. This is the new world, and it's done so because they have managed to pillage everything possible out of the West. They have done everything they can now in this war against us to distract us and to keep us off balance. Now, we've endured this war so far, an aggressive one, which began in its really in its inception and began with Obama. But more importantly, as they went through Obama, they, they attacked the white male. They then elevated up three classes of people, African-Americans, women, and gays, the LGBTQ movement. Now, part of the reason for that is those movements had different cash issues. Women were the savers of the house. So by elevating up the women, they became the new debt resource for the house. Women who would used to save their money, not spend it except for vacations and the household needs, now became the major impetus to leverage new debt, buy homes, buy cars, use credit cards. Black culture, very suspect of the banking industry. That's come, that came about from years. Many of those in the black culture literally still kept money in a mattress. They changed the entire focus after Obama came to power to advertising the need for black America to start owning nicer cars. They pushed the music rap industry, all the bling that went with that. The idea of spending and getting in debt to be elevated in class status to where they would be recognized as something other. They took a class of people and they made them higher in debt and they drained the cash out of them. This has been a war on cash. They went then to the gay community that at the time had closed loop economies, meaning that the gays were buying from gays. Gays and lesbian economies, economies were closed basically to the outside world, very well managed and to a large degree heavily, heavily based on cash. Once they mainstreamed that and opened that world up, they then expanded and destroyed the, the cultural aspect of the closed nature of the gay community and got them heavier into debt through finances and leverage debt. All of this happened under Obama. When President Trump came to power, then it was more of a revival of realizing that this fragmentation that they had been building by design wasn't as, wasn't as bad for the majority of loving Americans as we thought. The big issue that President Trump faced was to bring people to the rallies to make them realize there was many more of us than them. And that continued forward as throughout his campaign to elevate up the basis to awaken America and to energize us again. But these people in the bankster industry and the Wall Street didn't stop, and they had no intention of stopping. They realized the major threat. And the threat now with an awakening population that was starting to realize that there was more to this system than just obedience to a job and obedience to paying taxes, they had to start maneuvering to do things to ensure that they would maintain their predominance of power. Well, that included things like the clot shot, which we're now suffering through as we continue through these waves of death, and we're witnessing what happens in this destruction of this shot as literally they've almost wiped out the middle working class in this nation. That young working class, the millennial class with death rates up to over 20 to 30%, we've seen a massive decline with people, about 10 million people worth that are not in the job market. Whether they are disabled or whether they are dead is unknown, but the fact is we've got a gap of about 10 million critical jobs. All of that was setting the conditions to help roll in this new tech economy. One of the big things about the tech economy is it will displace jobs. There are going to be millions of jobs displaced in the coming years. Jobs of people to become dependent on, 
jobs that people have become accustomed to. The cubicle world, the idea of a of a kind of administrative maintenance of a company is being an, annihilated day by day. A, AI is coming in and replacing that with efficient systems that don't cost employers much of anything, if anything at all, and they're able to start letting go of these employees. But that all worked hand in hand with the idea of killing off a portion of your population that was in that critical working class, which was the big question heading in to 2016 was what were they going to do in this new economic reset with this working class group of people that were going to be displaced? Ivanka Trump spent four years working with the WEF, coming up with ideas of how to displace or how to manage the displaced working class. It's interesting. Apparently, somebody came up with the idea that solved it, which was to kill them off. And that's effectively what we're dealing with right now. This is a war that is being waged on us at an unprecedented level, and it's starting to bubble up and come to a head this summer. They know that they still need some labor. They know that there is a mass distrust of government. They know that they need to stop those that don't believe in government and they need to replace them. And with that, they are looking at this mass immigration. But it's not just for immigration across the border. It's what they've been working on for the last five years solidly, which is to seed in all of these people in the inner cities in particular to ensure that there will be an ongoing and perpetual cycle of violence to keep people off base. Now, Patriots, this is a sidebar on that. That's one of the reasons I encourage so much that you maintain a good and vigilant plan in your home to keep yourself protected and well-armed because where we are heading into this summer is going to really test all of us. It's going to be literally a summer of rage. Patriots, right now, many Americans are feeling powerless. The economy isn't stable, crime continues to plague our communities, and those in charge don't seem to even care. There's something empowering about knowing that you have the skills to defend yourself, and that's why I endorse iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and you still have a ton of practice ammo. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. Improve muscle memory, increase reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, including 223, so that you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, when you go to iTargetPro.com right now. Again, 10% using your promo code BARDS, plus free shipping when you go to itargetpro.com. Don't rely on the government to make you feel safe. Empower yourself with iTargetPro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com. Offer code is BARDS. Well, Patriots, one thing we can be assured is if we look across the, the political spectrum and the social spectrum of this nation, it literally is in complete chaos. And the news is perpetuating that every single day as we start to see the highlights, whether it's conservative or liberal, of all the conflict and hate that's being thrown out here. But there's some interesting metrics to follow, and I think it's ones that we have to really keep our eyes on. One of these that ties in with this summer of rage is came out today with Lori Lightfoot, who is now demanding, obviously she was the former mayor of Chicago, who is now demanding that Governor Greg Abbott stop sending illegal immigrants to, to Chicago. In her quote, we are completely tapped out. This is a building crisis, and this is being echoed as well 
by New York City's Ad- Mayor Adams, who's telling that Abbott's migrant busing is targeting black-run cities. Well, they're playing any card they can right now because the rules that they thought were fine for dumping immigrants into this area, into the border towns and flooding in conservative states, thanks to the efforts of Governor Abbott and of DeSantis, now they're starting to backfire as these liberal cities are getting overloaded and taxed. Now, some of this is by design because there's a distribution happening of the immigrant class that is illegal immigrant class coming into this nation. But more importantly, these cities are becoming death traps. And this is where the violence will continue to rise. We've seen the the rise of violence over the last few years in cities like Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, Oakland, L.A., New York, Chicago. It's been consistent, Atlanta. But in these cities, it's only going to increase as the stresses increase on their social systems, which so many of these liberal mayors have built into their policies. And as people are leaving these cities that have money, these cities are being put into a financial pinch that they're not going to be able to maintain their systems. So we're really witnessing a race right now to an interesting culmination of events. The race right now is who's going to be able to get ahead of this collapse of the dollar. The CBDC is part of their plan. Artificial intelligence is a critical manager. And with all this, as they try to roll all these things out, trying to keep working people occupied with new toys and trinkets like the AI chat GPT, and all of the chaos in the world as they continue to dump criminals onto the street, like California letting pedophiles roam roam free, they are literally working for a scorched-earth policy to continue to damage and divide the society and divide the nation so that they can slip away into the shadows and find another day to rise again. This is the world in which we live, and these are the types of psychopaths that are running the world. They will do anything to keep themselves from being caught or, or losing, for that matter. Now, one of the interesting little events that happened today, and it is bizarre, especially in a city, in a state like I have, which is a state of Oregon, liberal country, at least in politics, that is. Oregon's Secretary of State resigned amidst an ethics scandal. Now, this is a reason I'm bringing this up is there is an increasing pressure from the conservative movements in the blue states of Washington, California, and Oregon. I've said to this, I've said to this, this to you before. Don't turn your back on them because the state is blue. Understand what's going on underneath the cover of what's really happening here. These three states, I live in one of them, obviously, have had some of the worst social communist policies in the country. These three states have been waging a war directly on children and families. Most recently, all three of these states have aligned to pass policies that will say that if a child can't be mutilated by the transgender surgeries and dealing with the transgender drug programs, that if they cannot be allowed to do that on their own, then the children can be taken from the parents and the parents will lose custody of their kids to the state. I've also said, and I'm very clear about this, anybody in the country that will allow the state to take your children away for those purposes and you allow it, you deserve a straight trip to the lake of fire. Bottom line is this. We are coming to a hard line in our country. But back to Oregon. The Secretary of State that resigned, this is because she was doing some dealings on the side, campaigning for a drug company, a marijuana company, to try to owe Oregon taxes to try to lobby for them to be in a better position while she was running as the, as the position of the Oregon Secretary of State. 
obviously conflict of interest. The question is, how does it actually get so bad that she would have to resign in the midst of one of the most corrupted liberal states in the nation? What that's telling you is that the people's pressure is increasing incredibly. And people up here are getting truly fed up. The politicians are increasingly getting cornered and isolated, and they know it. And this is something to keep in mind, that the power of the people is working and is growing. And the thing to keep in mind equally is the elites are very aware of it. So they're working very quickly to try to create an environment which will be extremely difficult for people to navigate. In another piece of this, Kansas has become the first state to pass a law defining gender as a person's sex. Now, that's a huge issue because that's going to now draw the battle lines between the transgender freaks and the regular people of the world. And you know that the left will fund the transgender activists to charge into Kansas and try to make it a battleground. All of these things, as we make maneuvers, the counterside is going to make maneuvers because they need to turn everything into a, a pot of boiling molten lava. They want a rage happening in this country as they encourage criminals to be on the street, as police forces, powers is being pulled back, as we start to see a decline overall in the overall moral base of this nation, especially in the inner cities and crime and violence rise. It's falling back to the citizens to have to start making the decision of what type of country we want. That can't be understated. We are in a critical time right now where we are going to decide the fate of this country and the fate of this nation and, the, and that, for that matter, the fate of the world. And what's going to be on our hands is our ability to start holding to a moral line. Now, to that point, the Bud Light issue with the Dylan Mulvaney, I even, even hate saying his name, who is the transgender freak they've advertised and basically broke the bank on that one. We are witnessing a, a solid conservative hold on a moral ground, which is very positive, and I'm encouraging it to continue and not for people to get weak. In a headline today in Zero Hedge, we never seen we have never seen such a dramatic shift, was the quote as it continued, but Bud Light hopes new ad blitz can overcome corporate suicide. Well, Patriots, one thing I am going to say is if the Patriots don't hold the line on this and bankrupt this brand and hopefully have devastating impacts on Anheuser-Busch as a whole, then we've demonstrated that we have no resolve in what we really stand for. There should be no forgiveness on this whatsoever. They made a leap forward to improve their ESG score as a company, knowing and looking at this pot of money, which is something like $57 trillion that's being prepared for companies that have high ESG scores, meaning it's capital that they'll be able to have access to, to improve their company by leverage their brand, et cetera, as long as they promote the politics of things like transgenderism. Anheuser-Busch is the latest of a number of companies that have done this. And the war that's being waged on us, again, is informational, and it's always and it's cultural to try to disrupt the cultural foundations, the moral foundations, and disrupt the informational unity within the nation. Corporations are becoming agents of the deep state, and they're doing so willfully, all at the mercy of the of their promise of big money, new funding, all this ESG score. Nobody's standing up to it in the big corporations because they all agree. All of them want a world where they have less labor. They want a two-class system, the rich and the poor, and they want a middle class that's now will be developed out of the artificial intelligence and robotics field that will manage the cattle, which we are as humans to them. It's that simple. 
And these corporations that you're seeing doing these sort of ads, like the one with Bud Light, they are on board with that future model of wiping out the middle class of America and, for that matter, the world. So they need to be punished, and there should be absolutely no mercy on this, and there should be no re repenting of any sense to allow them to come back and win back favor. So this, this article continues, Bud Light parent company of Anheuser-Busch is desperately scrambling to rehabilitate their image following corporate suicide over a transgender ad campaign featuring you-know-who. In order to make amends with distributors after, after off-site sales fell 26.1% in the week ending April 22nd versus one year ago, the company has pledged to boost marketing spending on Bud Light and accelerate production of a new slate of ads. According to Wall Street Journal, which adds that the Anheuser-Busch will give a case of Bud Light to every employee of the wholesaler. Well, I offered this suggestion earlier today in the Ben Denis program, and I would encourage anybody out here who receives that free case to please, please pour it in your toilet tank. And then as what that will do is fill your toilet bowl, which will allow you to appropriately use the beer for what it is when you have to do your business in the bathroom. This, is, this beer is junk to begin with. Their brand is trash. And we have to be resolved now in these sorts of moves to never go back. Now, these are small victories, mind you. But they really believe that they can manipulate the public and create an environment where people will ultimately forget and move forward. This is an area where we now have to watch major brands be dissolved and bankrupted. And it's the only way forward for us to use our dollars literally as a weapon system. It's just like them telling us that no matter what, we're going to be on a digital currency. I say, no, we're not. They say, you have no choice. I'll say, yes, we do. And we'll figure it out because there's a lot of people out here committed to the same thing and we will find our way through. But they truly believe that they have so much control over the world that they can speak and the world will bow. And this is literally where we have to draw the line and say no more. But this is where the summer of rage is starting to percolate. There's lots of reports coming out that there are immigrants being housed in FEMA areas and being prepared for what will be truly a war against America. I don't want to see this, but this is what's being said. And with the reports that I'm getting from multiple sources are starting to confirm this. They are planning a summer of rage. And likely most of these targets will be the big cities. So if you're in the cities, as we've said so many times, prepare yourself, buckle up, but be prepared that what's coming is going to be devastating. On top of that, they're going to try to force people to comply to their rules. And a lot of the cities initially will go along with it. So much of the cities have lost their soul. The people that have been wise have moved out to a degree We've also seen a mass migration of big wealth, especially out of California, for example. The same billionaire class that bought off the politicians to get the ways that they wanted now turned the state into a pile of burning shithole and now have left and gone to Texas. So Texas, you got to inherit the mess. Good luck with that one. And you're going to have to clean it up. But these people literally are what they are. They create the problem and then they run away. And we are not going to get away from that anytime soon until we start to, as the people, reestablish a hard moral line and reassess how we see capital and how we see money. Very important. Right now, we're, when you hear that there's a liquidity debt or liquidity problem in the world, we are the liquidity. And they've overtaxed us. And now that's one of the reasons they're looking at moving to other countries and shifting position because they want to get more debt put on people's back. 
in these new positions, as I've told you, we haven't heard anything from President Trump on this or DeSantis or anybody else. They're all advocating for these positions to give themselves power over the people with money. And until I see some hard facts of how this is going to be different, everyone needs to be suspect and prepared that what the what they're doing is they're using two parties to play into one big economic shift and force people into the compliance of this new debt system, which will be driven by the Fed now and ultimately be organized on its face by the CBDC, the Central Bank Digital Currency. The central bank digital currency, for those that understand, don't understand, is not a digital currency of a typical sense. It is a programmable digital currency. And FedNow is a payment exchange system. The FedNow, though it's different than SWIFT, which is the global system used by central bankers, nonetheless is accomplishing the same thing. Right now, what's going on in our country is there is a war on regional banks and a heavy burden being placed on smaller banks. The idea is a massive consolidation of bank power to lead to the control of the banking system by the big six. You've seen it recently happen. In the piece we played earlier here by Coach JV, you heard him mention JP Morgan was at Jekyll Island to help set up the Fed. Well, let's fast forward today. JP Morgan just partnered with Apple to now offer four and a quarter percent if you'll move your money out of your bank into the Apple system. And now we get four and a quarter and be within the digital system now. The idea is to draw capital out of the smaller banks and increase their debt burden so that they go bankrupt. And when you just heard that First Republic Bank went bankrupt, who did the who did the FTC sell it to? JP Morgan. So they're consolidating now and getting the monopoly on banking to also control the monopoly on the digital environment of currency in this new emerging digital world and technology world as they seek to bankrupt families' finances and retirements, offering them then alternatives like a, like a UBI, Universal Basic Income, which is a version of Social Security, and likely even offering them things like, well, if you can't afford your house, we'll buy it, but then we'll move you into one of our new 10 freedom cities, that was Trump's line, where you'll have affordable housing and you can live safely in an environment that will be completely run by artificial intelligence and whatever else. This is, the, this is the world that they're trying to force upon us. And this world is going to be pivoted heavily this summer based on a summer of violence and rage, is my anticipation. And that rage will take different forms, but we're already seeing it happen. We don't have to wait for June. We're seeing it with the criminal criminality that's happening in our cities, with the gangs that are running wild, with the black students that are going crazy anywhere there's a white person, anywhere they can team up against one person and 10 of them. That's how they're playing. And unfortunately, the, the feeding constant propaganda of how the blacks are somehow repressed, how white men, white people are evil, matched by likely some technologies that they're using like frequencies, they're stimulating the black culture and they're turning them into being pariahs within the nation. What unfortunately these youth and a great many black people are missing is you're being set up. And this is how you're being set up. Because you're being set up to be exterminated. And it won't be by our hand. It will be a, by a cultural attitude that doesn't want you here anymore. And you're falling into the trap. It's not that we want this because the United States is a melting pot. This is what makes us strong is having our diversity of culture that comes together under a common theme of our belief in God and our motivation to build a greater nation. But when one class of people is constantly being agitated to hate and to do violence, there's always a swing of the pendulum. 
Notice that you're not seeing that happen in the Asian community, the Hispanic community, or for that matter, the white community. And those are just three generalities. And they're waging war against the Muslim communities in different areas as well. This is going to be a, a, a lashback, which they will likely use if they try to fuse a summer of rage to try to get people to provoke people into a war on race. And they will, they will feed it, both sides of it. In a report that I heard the other day, and, and this, was, this was also stated, just so I say it, also repeated by Juan O'Savin. So this is two times I've heard it. And I can't confirm this, but there are reports that the main body of forces that they're sending over to Europe right now are predominantly black Americans. It's a disproportionate number of black Americans they're sending into the European theater. All of this is lining up with the same group of people that have made the rules for the last hundreds of years. They hate black people. And they're using the hatred to fuel these people, to fuel blacks, to hate other people. And in turn, there's going to be justification to continue to break them down. This is the game of both ends to the middle. And it's a sad story of where we are right now that so many people are still baiting for this. You've heard me say many times, you know, the, the black culture now has to police its own and it better get busy. Because if you think for a second that fueling hatred towards another race is going to get you anywhere, it's going to end up blowing up in your face. Because the people that are pulling the strings aren't black, they're white. And worse than that, they're Satanists. So I can't even call them white. They're just a bunch of Satanist whores that are out here pulling the strings of one particular race to use them as the, as the tool to create instability and hatred within a culture in hopes, I do believe, that there will be a backlash that will fuse a, a, a war between race that will endure for generations. The greatest melting pot for that to happen is not the United States specifically, but in the blue cities across the country. And the groundwork is being laid over and over. So this is really quite a challenging time in which we live. It's a crazy upheaval that we're witnessing and enduring because so much of this is being done specifically to cover the tracks of what has happened in the financial system. The, that, the clot shot was an act to cover the tracks of raping and pillaging the financial system. The issues of racial hate are being done to cover the tracks and keep people distracted from what's going on in the financial system. And all these little tools that you've had thrown at you from Elon Musk's chat GPT to Google's Bard, all of these AI tools that are being done to distract people, to have them involved in something that they get excited about, like a shiny silver object, as people train the AIs and the AIs learn from them. And everything, again, keeps people distracted from the big issue, which is the collapse of the financial system. This system is, has been pillaged for years. It's an insane system where we literally pay a tax, which is illegal, on our money that we earn, and then we are turned around and taxed even more on the things that we, we buy that are already from money that is already taxed. This system is constantly about pillaging money out of us, creating a debt slave class, and putting more and more burden upon people so that they can't think clearly, they can't open their eyes and see what's going on, and in the end, breaks the family, breaks the morality of a nation, and collapses a country into the powers of the beast, which is literally the banksters and the Wall Street monsters. Always follow the money. And with this, you're seeing other distractions. One of those distractions has been the release of Tucker Carlson, okay? 
And this has been a big issue. Patriots have jumped on that, tried to rally behind him, et cetera, et cetera. But be cautious about what this is about. I don't know what Tucker Carlson's release is. According to Megyn Kelly, he's not even been fired. He's just been, his show has been canceled and he's still on contract. And I'm asking some hard questions right now about what's really happening because at the same time, while all of that's going on, there are some major truth bombs flowing out of Fox. So the question is, if Fox is really censoring Tucker Carlson for whatever reason, we've heard various excuses that he mentioned God, which I'm, I doubt that was the case, but people want to buy into that, that he was against the war in Ukraine. I don't know. I'm not going to buy that one too much either, especially when we consider this report here, which is about four minutes by Jesse Waters. These sorts of truth bombs now are flowing into the public at a rapid rate. This is going to be on Epstein. And as we start to see this truth flood in, it again is awakening people and it's creating a panic and a, a positioning problem for those in power and in the elite. Remember, at the end of this day, the, the entire change agent that they're trying to repress and the power of change which we possess is we the people. It's not them. And they know it, and they're fighting against it in every way they can. Take a listen to this report from Jesse Waters and reflect on all the excuses given for having let Tucker Carlson go, because this is straight-up red pill suppository right here. Pedophile Jeffrey Epstein was arrested. So why do we still know nothing about him? Well, we're finding out tonight some answers. The Wall Street Journal just got its hands on Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar. And it was a lot more suspicious than Brett Kavanaugh's. Epstein was meeting with the kind of people you'd think would steer clear of a convicted pedophile. Jeffrey Epstein was meeting with one of Barack Obama's top lawyers, Catherine Rumler. She met with Epstein dozens of times. Epstein even tried to set up Obama's lawyer to work for Bill Gates. How is Jeffrey Epstein a fixer between Obama's lawyer and Bill Gates? Epstein was also meeting with Joe Biden's CIA director. He wasn't CIA director at the time. He was Barack Obama's deputy secretary of state. William Burns was working for John Kerry at the State Department and meeting with Jeffrey Epstein, a known pedophile. And then Burns becomes CIA director. Huh. Today's director of the CIA went to Epstein's Manhattan townhouse where Epstein had sex with underage girls and, you know, where he filmed other men having sex with underage girls. And William Burns went there and was then promoted to the director of the CIA. Now, I wonder if the future CIA director saw the portrait of Bill Clinton in a blue dress hanging in Epstein's parlor room. A few years later, Epstein was arrested and then hung himself in a jail cell while security cameras just happened to not be working and the replacement guards just happened to fall asleep. And two years later, Biden just happens to pick William Burns to run the CIA. So what are we supposed to think? It's never been more clear. Epstein was an intelligence asset. Not only was he working for the CIA, Israeli intelligence, maybe even Russia intelligence. So was the American government allowing an asset to traffic and molest teenage girls all over the world for intelligence? Were we allowing Epstein to commit crimes against children for blackmail material? Well, we asked the CIA director, William Burns, you know, why were you meeting with a convicted pedophile at his disgusting townhouse? And the CIA director said this, the director did not know anything about him. 
other than that he was introduced as an expert in the financial services sector and offered general advice on transition to the private sector. They had no relationship. So Obama's State Department official couldn't have asked anybody else in the entire country for help with a job in finance? He could have called any CEO, any hedge fund manager, any banking director. But he meets with Jeffrey Epstein, a guy that doesn't even really have a real business, a guy that doesn't even have a website, a guy that, as far as we know, only had one client, the CEO of Victoria's Secret. Huh. That doesn't add up, Bernsey. And this explains the sweetheart deal back in 2006. This explains the prison cell cover-up. And this explains why all the Epstein tapes went missing. Everything Epstein recorded, everything. Missing. Every property he owned. But when he died, the Fed seized all the tapes, and the only person who's ever been arrested since then was the madam, Maxwell. Jeffrey Epstein found me. Almost immediately, he knew exactly where I was, the location. Um, and I knew then that I was being filmed. I was being watched 24-7. There were cameras all over the island. So the CIA has all the sex tapes, and they've been blackmailing like crazy. This is the blackmail jackpot. Hours of video starring the world's most important people in Epstein Island, in the Manhattan townhouse, and the Palm Beach estate, and the New Mexico ranch. Bill Clinton was good pals with Jeffrey, flew on the Lolita Express 26 times, went to his private island. So when someone does something that doesn't make any sense, maybe it's because they don't want to be doing what they're doing. Maybe it's because someone's telling them what to do and threatening to release the tapes if they don't. And that last piece is probably the bomb of the whole thing. We know that this entire system that we're fighting is an intelligence-run operation. Intelligence groups around the world have came together to, with their secret societies to circumvent governments, to co-opt governments. They use children as their means to do so. And they use these sorts of people that are out here that are willing to have that sort of desires fulfilled. This is why we've ended up with so many pedophiles in our institutions, because the pedophiles not only work on behalf of the CIA and other intelligence agencies, the pedophiles are great tools to use because they have no moral conflict with using children as a method of blackmail. This is the sickness of our world. So as just to kind of wrap up my comments before the Jesse Waters piece, when you're looking at all these distractions that are happening and you're asking yourself like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do without Tucker Carlson, which was literally something that Carrie Lake said, I'm asking the question of what really caused Tucker Carlson to step down? Seriously. And I really want to know. I want to know whether he is a controlled opposition or whether it's something that he's been blackmailed by or whether it's just another distraction to try to divide the unit, to divide the movement. Because Jesse Waters is dropping red pills here that by all accounts of what we say Fox did to, to Tucker Carlson, Jesse should be removed himself. But we're not seeing that happen. So there's some real skanky stuff here. Make sure and question everything is the point and constantly question everything. But Patriots, this big event that we're starting to see as we're heading into a culmination moment, and I, I say this summer of rage, it's not just going to be one-off thing. It's going to be a continued process of seeing these truths percolate up and, and society disintegrate, which quite frankly we have to do. There's no way around that. 
We are living in a Babylonian system, and the problem is that this system has still a great deal of control and depth in manipulating people's lives, using money as a tool and a weapon, and by doing that, in inciting anger, violence, and other tools through the media system to try to provoke violence against one another. We are not intended to be a people trying to kill each other over stupid things. But thanks to a, a corrupted teacher class, which they're right on the top of the list of treason, thanks to corrupted political class, thanks to a corrupted legal class, and thanks to a media machine that does nothing but constantly churn the waters of hatred and division, we're going to have to suffer through a very difficult times to get through all of this and to realize that once again, get back to the core of what it is to be American. We're a melting pot. We have a lot of differences, different ways of seeing the world. And we are a country that's built on Christian ethics. But all of that's getting lost, intentionally pushed aside as we start to see the fomenting of hate as they pillage the money and they prepare to move into the, move the world, in particular the United States, into a new slave imprisonment system. And don't think anybody's excused from this, because until we get the truth on the ground, truth on all of this, Elon Musk's Skylink is all part of a digital grid system. The promise of any sort of digital money, it's all part of controlling your actions and your behavior. AI, it's all about controlling humanity's behavior and dumbing them down. And when they start to roll these things out, the one class of people that will always find themselves outside of the rules, always being able to make the rules for the other, will be the class of the elites, the billionaire class, the political class, the legal class, and the elite of the teaching class. This is the truth. And so the choice is now ours as we head into this summer and as we head into these coming months. And part of those choices will rest with this. Are we willing to start reaching out and start trying to build bridges with our communities to make them stronger, more vibrant, and more resilient to the disruptions that are coming? Are we willing to start building out those foundations powerfully as disciples in Christ to be able to get out here and to use that power, but understand that there's a line that we can't cross? And are we going to continue to push forward with the things like boycotts on moral grounds and not deviate from them? And are we going to continue to stand up boldly to the corruption, call it out with the sort of truth, and literally bring down our local governments and reset our local governments back to a constitutional founded government? When if we focused on those things, we'll win this war. It won't be quick, but we'll win it. And all that they're trying to force upon us will be cast aside. But the challenge is going to be ahead, and it's going to be a difficult one. This walk isn't going to be easy. And I'm not trying in any way to paint this this pill tonight with some sort of vanilla flavoring or something to make it go down easy. It's going to take a resolve in the heart of those that are considered themselves the remnant to stand boldly now, to get into the churches, to wake the churches up, to confront pastors, to get them to start being pastors with a spine behind the pulpit to get out here to encourage people to read the book, to read the Bible, to get into the Word, and to start raising up the power of society that we can to start making them realize what's actually happening out here, to put a absolute full stop to anything that's transgender. I don't care if the transgender says they're, they're dealing with transphoria or whatever the hell they are dealing with. They're freaks. They need mental counseling. We can deal with that. But you don't get to export your insanity onto children. And above all, we have to put a hard line on the assault that's happening between our elderly and on our children at the same time. We are a broken society. 
We have a lot of work to redo. We can redo it, and through our faith, we will overcome. But it's going to take a lot of hard work, and it's going to take a lot of truth, and be prepared for a lot of things to be shaken up. Because as this structure falls, it is going to try to suck us into the vortex of its collapse to pull us into its new world. But the one thing about when things fall, it's the greatest opportunity to take people away from the trap and build something new. And that's where our line has to be. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we want to thank you tonight for the time we've had, this blessed moment to come together, to pray, to be together, and to reflect very intently on the challenges that we face before us. Father, we pray for this this, we, this rising of violence to start, start seeing an end. Whatever's happening to these youth and to these inner city folks that finds it within their will to want to constantly destroy and maim people, we just we pray that be rebuked, that be stripped from them, that they have a, an encounter so profound that it will humble them to tears to realize that a look in the mirror, to realize who they've become to start developing and nurturing the passion for one another of love and not this infuriating ferment of hate. And Father, we know that that's going to take a great deal of work on our behalf to reach out, to literally be bold and call truth out into its face. And there's a great deal of risk for that. So Father, we pray for those that are trying and continue to do that. We pray for those that continue to stand boldly in the face of these in this evil to protect them and to guide them. And we pray for the remnant to continue to stand up and be strong in the face of this evil in this time. This is a moment when we now have to choose, a moment we have to choose whom we shall serve. And Father, I choose you, so send me. I say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, patriots, hope you have a very blessed night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. 
securely the opening vistas of space, promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor, will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples. It has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight push, we climb, we never give in, we become the nightmare that evil didn't know exist, we pray, we stand, we live by the words in God we trust, we fear nothing, we are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 